0: The Lord be with you. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. It is so simple, so easy, and you can imagine why 506 years ago Martin Luther would look around and say, Hey, how did we get this so wrong? We're supposed to be loving God and loving our neighbor, and the church has become. Uh, A pyramid scheme where we're selling each other pieces of paper to get into heaven or convincing each other we need to walk to the other side of Europe to touch a relic or to go on a crusade to kill people on the other side of the earth. This isn't what it's about. It's about loving God and loving neighbor. Except, you know, the Pope at the time wasn't super thrilled to hear Luther say that. And so they got in a fight. And suddenly, these neighbors turned into enemies. And the Reformation kicked off. And, you know, it wasn't just Lutherans and Catholics who became enemies all of a sudden. Once the Reformation kicked off, everyone had an idea about how we should love God. So this guy named John Calvin in Switzerland, he started telling people, you know, Luther's basically right, except when it comes to communion, because Jesus is not actually in the bread. And Luther says, what? What? How can you love God if you don't believe God's promises and you're teaching other people this? You're not loving your neighbor either. And so Lutherans and Calvinists go from being neighbors to being enemies. And then Anabaptists show up and they say, you know what? Those baptisms with babies, they don't count. you got to baptize them again as adults. And Luther and Calvin and the Pope all say, what? You're not believing God's promises? How can you love God properly and you're teaching other people this? Well, then you're not loving your neighbor and they go from being neighbors to enemies. How easy, how simple. Love God and love your neighbor. But how much easier and how much simpler in the name of loving God to turn your neighbor into an enemy. And I want to be clear, we still do this today. right? We may not have religious differences to do this, But we do this around the things that we feel are most important in life, the things in which we put our trust and our fear, the things that we make our gods. Maybe those things are economic policy. Maybe those things are how we feel about the environment or our stance on abortion. We are willing to make neighbors into enemies over these issues. And when I say enemies, I want to be clear, right? I could just mean you say think bad thoughts about them in your head, the people who disagree with you. But maybe it's that you stop inviting them over. Or maybe it's that you say mean things about them when you're at parties or when you go online. And I have noticed that the more confident we are that we know how our neighbors should love God, the more willing we are to turn our neighbor into an enemy. And there's a certain logic behind it, right? If you fundamentally believe that what your neighbor is teaching and preaching will not only condemn them to hell, but everyone who listens to them, well, you can sure justify going to war with that neighbor. And from the mid-1500s to the mid-1600s, Lutherans and Catholics and Calvinists did just that, and hundreds of thousands of people died in Europe. But also, if you fundamentally believe that a nation's economic policy will enslave millions of its citizens, either to corporate overloads or communist bureaucrats, well, you can justify having a not-so-cold war in a place like Korea or Vietnam. And if you fundamentally believe that the carbon emissions produced by fossil fuels will kill us all with global warming, well, then maybe you can justify blowing up an oil refinery. And if you fundamentally believe that an abortion clinic is massacring thousands of innocent souls every single day, well, you can justify planting a pipe bomb because there are some things that are so important that everything else falls away in comparison. And here's the thing. You are more likely to turn on the news, to check your phone or to read a newspaper, if you are convinced that the things that matter most in life are under attack and that you need to be afraid. And so everything... ...becomes amplified these days. Everything becomes that thing that is the most important thing in the world right now... ...which is worth turning your neighbor into an enemy. And while certainly TV and the internet and newspapers amplify this... ...this tendency has always been around. For about the past month we've been working our way through the Gospel of Matthew... ...the section where Jesus is in the temple in Jerusalem... And one by one, the leaders of different religious denominations come and approach Jesus. First, we hear the chief priests and the Sadducees who believe that the right way to love God is to offer sacrifices in the temple. And then we hear the Herodians who think that the right way to love God is to make sure that Israel has a king, no matter what the cost. And today we hear the Pharisees who believe that the right way to love God is by following every single rule written in the Bible. Let's be clear. All these different groups, they all think each other's wrong, right? They have all made each other no longer neighbors but enemies, and yet they all can agree on this one thing, that among them, Jesus is probably the worst. Yeah? That he's the enemy. And so these conversations, these are life and death conversations. But they have one problem. They know Jesus is wrong. They just can't quite seem to figure out why. Every time they ask him a theological question that they think, Aha, there's no way he can answer this one, right? He finds a way to answer it and wiggle out. And today, we hear the Pharisees ask Jesus, Which of the commandments is the most important? And Jesus says, You know, It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And there's a second one that's like it, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. And I want to be clear. Jesus is not making stuff up right now. Jesus is quoting the Torah. Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. The whole love God part is from Deuteronomy chapter 6. The whole love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19. And furthermore, we have... Records, historical documents from well-respected rabbis in the same century as Jesus, who when they are asked the same question, they give the same answer. It's almost as if these religious traditions are turning each other into enemies for a reason other than their love of God. That reason, my friend, we in the church call sin. That insistence that even if that guy maybe does have an answer that I agree with, because he's not on my team, well, he must be wrong. He must still be my enemy. Martin Luther describes sin as the heart curved in upon itself. Right? If, if loving God and loving the neighbor is the goal, sin is the opposite of that. And Martin Luther says the amazing thing about sin is it has this power to take even the best gifts of God and bend them for its own sake. And to bend them without us even realize that's what we're doing. It is sin that allows us, and in fact every major religion in the world has some variant of the golden rule, some version of love your neighbor as yourself, It is sin that allows us to say, hey, yeah, we all agree that's the basic point of our faith and to still say, and you know what? That guy's getting it wrong and so that guy's now my enemy. It is sin that allows us to say for the sake of loving God I will not only turn my neighbor into my enemy I will turn God into my enemy. Because that is in fact what all those religious leaders in the temple have just done. Jesus, God incarnate, is standing before them and all they can think to do is try to prove to the world that he is wrong, that he is their enemy. And if they can't beat him theologically, they will come in the night to arrest him and hand him over to be crucified. It is sin that allows us to take love God and love your neighbor into I will not only turn my neighbor into my enemy, but I will kill my neighbor and I will kill my God. Let me be clear, it is the people in the Bible who are most concerned about making sure their neighbors love God correctly who end up killing God. And that is perhaps one of the most basic messages of the cross. That when our idea about what is most important in life becomes more important than the life of our neighbor, the person we end up killing is God. I'll say that again. When our idea about what is most important in life becomes more important than the life of our neighbor, the person we end up killing is God. Or to put it more simply, the message of the cross is this. When, for the sake of loving God, we are willing to kill our neighbor, it turns out that the neighbor we kill is actually God. And so Jesus asks the Pharisees, asks his religious debaters a question. He says, what do you say about the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they say, "Well, he's the son of David." And indeed the scriptures say that the Messiah, right, the savior of the Jewish people who will set the world right is going to be a descendant of King David. Son of David also implies that he will be a savior in the model of David, and David was a warrior king who who went out with armies and swords and killed God's enemies. Here's the thing, though. We've just established that the religious folks have made God their enemy. And so if the Messiah is going to solve the situation by going and killing enemies, well, it's going to be real bad news for the religious folks. It's going to be real bad news for us. And so Jesus comes in with some good news. He says, you know, I think maybe you got this wrong, guys. He says in Psalm 110, which he says David wrote, he says David says that the Messiah is going to... that David calls the Messiah Lord. And Jesus says, why would David call the Messiah Lord if the Messiah is just an imitator of David? No. The Messiah is going to be so much greater than David because the Messiah isn't going to be a son of David. The Messiah is going to be the Son of God. And so the Messiah will save this world and defeat God's enemies, not the way King David did, but the way God does. And thankfully, Jesus has just quoted to us Leviticus 19, in which God says how God does such things. Because in Leviticus 19, God says, Here's the deal, people. I want you to be holy because I am holy. And here's how you can be holy in the way that I am holy. When you're judging people, don't take sides based on whether they're rich or they're poor. Don't go around speaking ill of people. Don't hate them. In fact, don't take vengeance on anyone, for you have no profit by their blood. In fact, Why don't you just try loving your neighbor as yourself? That is how God is holy. And that is how God will bring victory. Because here's the thing God's enemy is not a person, God's enemy is sin. And you can't defeat sin with the sword because sin's goal is to divide us, divide us from God and divide us from each other. And all swords know how to do is to divide people. Sin can only be mastered through mercy. Because what mercy does is to say, you thought there was a division here, you thought there were enemies here, but you're wrong. We are not enemies, we are neighbors. There is no division here, for we are one and the same. If the message of the cross is that for the sake of loving God, we are willing to turn our neighbor into an enemy, to even turn God into an enemy. Well, the message of the resurrection, when Jesus overcomes death and rises from the grave, the message of the resurrection is that God is willing to become our enemy so that God might make us back into neighbors. A neighbor who, as Leviticus 19 tells us, God loves as God's self. It is with this act of mercy that God defeats God's enemy, which is sin. It is with this act of mercy that God will save the world by reminding us that we are not enemies with anyone, that we are neighbors, that we are one. We live in a world right now that wants to pressure us so hard to take sides, to make sure that we have the right answers and we live in the right way and we make sure everyone else does also. And the more convinced we are that we know how someone else should live their life, the more likely we are to end it. The more likely we are to make God into our enemy. And so, Jesus reminds us, when we're so convinced that we are right, we're probably wrong. And yet Jesus loves us anyway. We can be so wrong as to actually kill God. And God comes back and says, we're still not enemies. We're neighbors. And I love you as myself. And so all we can do in response is to say, I guess the best way we know how to love God is to do what God has done for us. To show that same mercy to show that same understanding, to show that same love that each and every one of us would want for ourselves. This was the message, the basic message that Martin Luther tried to share 506 years ago. It is the basic message that Jesus tried to share 2,000 years ago. It is the basic message that Moses tried to share 3,500 years ago. And every time sin manages to get us distracted, to get us focused on something else. And so every single time the Holy Spirit comes and says, let me remind you how simple it really is to just love God and love your neighbor. Today we celebrate Reformation Sunday, but this is not a day when we celebrate that the Lutheran tradition is better than all the other traditions because we got it right and they got it wrong. No, today is a day to celebrate that we get it wrong a lot of the time. Every single one of us. And God loves us all anyway. So let's try to love each other. Because when in our desire to love God, we make a neighbor into an enemy, God is willing to become that enemy to make us back into neighbors once more. Neighbors who God loves as God's very self. Amen.